Hello, and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at books, movies, televisions, anime, video games, and pretty much anything else. I am joined today by my co-hosts, Jeremy McKinley and and Russell Andrade, and I am Byron Ship. All right, guys, let's get into it. Scarlett Johansson just uh, filed a lawsuit against Disney for breach of contract because she decided that saying that it was a breach of contract saying that her Disney Plus or her movie Black Widow was released on Disney Plus and in movie theaters at the same time, which basically impacted her box office revenue, which impacted her base salary. Her salary was based on that, that box office sale. So do you might have any chime in on that idea? Yeah, I mean, I kind of think she was kind of like fucked over here. Disney made like cause like I think the money that like Disney got sales on Disney Plus was like 50, like 50 million or so. And so that's 50 million like out of like out of like the like out of her pocket because all of her bonuses come from the money coming through theaters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, also- that's, and that's just a, I mean that's like what like a, at least a third of like what that movie like made opening weekend. <laughs> Yeah, but the movie overall kind of sucked. I mean, it really didn't make any yeah. money. Yeah, like I mean, it wasn't that great. To other Marvel movies. Yeah, it definitely wasn't that great, but it was definitely like one of those like I mean, Disney played the whole like COVID thing of like with the pandemic, so and so that's why. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, then you should have put it on Disney Plus for free and not pocketed a bunch of money off of her work. But no, you did pocket a bunch of money and it siphoned so much money like away from her theatrical release that they knew their contract with her and they knew that like you know she made a bunch of money off that I, don't get me wrong i'm not a big house of mouse fan i really am not but isn't it basically once you buy a product like isn't it your product to do it like they bought the movie the rights the the package it's their right to do it whatever they want with it after the fact isn't it so they they paid her her contract money this was based on bonus money that she would get and Disney is saying, look, because of the pandemic, people aren't going to movie theaters. We're charging $30 a head on top of our premium subscription to see her perform. Isn't it our right to put it online after she's already basically made some money off it already? Well, well, here's the thing. Like in the deal, I believe it said that they could re- like they could put it online, but it needed it to at least have like 90 days of like theatrical ex- like like exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And they d- didn't do that at all, and and like and, I think and they, they dropped it to forty five days. I think they just dropped it from ninety to forty five, right? Yeah, they just, yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, know, well, they drop it and then they just like made it simultaneous, and that yes, really hurts. Yeah. And, and, anyway, and and that really hurts her, but puts a lot of money back in their pockets that they don't have to pay her for those quote unquote bonuses that were in that thing. And yeah, they but, like, and again, they make it all back. So, I mean, do you think? It's definitely, I mean, it's, it's definitely first world rich people problems. So it's not like, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Disney, I mean, look, it, it, this movie did not do that profitability, right? It's not like it was like, you know, Iron Man or, you know, the Avengers. She's not, she's not, it's, oh, she's not Wonder Woman. I mean, uh, Russell saw me the other day. She's not making Wonder Woman level kind of money or movie uh, profits from a movie she just made. My thing is like this, you get what you, you get what you earn. And I just feel like she's kind of, yeah, first world problems. Like you already got how many millions of dollars just to be in the movie. Now you're bitching about your 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 bonus money basically at this point. Yeah, and but I think I mean, in, in, let me just Russell was saying a great point was that she's bitching about the fact that she's not making Gal Gadot money. Yeah, yeah, 
And and here's the thing, I could see that, but I could also see like Disney just taking this route to not have to pay anybody as much by just releasing their stuff simultaneously and pocketing all the things that they previously said they were gonna, you know, like well, like you know, like all those actors that in the contract were gonna get paid on the back end, like based on how well the movie did, but then they just kind of like, well, let's just release it simultaneously in theaters so we can basically not have to pay them that much on the back end too. And then we just kind of pocket most of it back. I mean, again, it's still rich people problems. I'm just saying that like, it can definitely, like, you know, you give a mouse a cookie, it'll ask for, you know, it'll ask for a glass of milk eventually. If it can, you know, like get away with one, it'll be like, well, what if we try it again and again and again until people notice. It reminds me of the Napster kind of thing where like remember when Napster first dropped and they were, all the artists were like, Man, they're gonna they're gonna take all our money, we're getting we're getting ringed on all our proceeds, blah blah blah. We're gonna and yeah, that's sorry guys. I'm sorry, most of most artists now make a third of what they used to make. And yeah. that's just the way of the system. I don't mm-hmm. think this is any different. I think this is a, a new technology where they can cut out artists along with the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And the artists are just screaming, you know. It's like what is it? It's the it's the billionaires, it's the millionaires versus the billionaires, right? Like, hey yeah. man, if I got a better mousetrap and I can cut you out, hey, you know, that's just business. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna begrudge, you know, I'm not gonna feel sorry for Scarlett Johansson. She made good money. She ain't starving. Like, no. you know. Yeah, instead of me really feeling bad for her, as in me just like seeing people, seeing the powers that be test to see how far they can take it in new directions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I mean again, I mean again, it's like you know, it's like that child that like tries to test boundaries. Yeah, and, and it kind of feels the same. It feels like this could kind of go the same way. Personally, I do feel bad for her in general, just on the fact that she's waited like twenty movies to get her solo, and then you look at DC and they, you know, they do Batman, they do Superman, and then do they do Wonder Woman third right off the bat, and then. For her to see someone like Captain Marvel come in before her and get a movie that makes like a billion dollars, she's in that realm. She's really put in the work and she deserves it. It is unfortunate because we are now in a new world and she has to be one of the first actors who kind of gets really screwed over one way or another. And then we're asking her to just be happy with that. Right when she sees Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman break office records and these women make bunches of money and then she just doesn't get that so it's really going to mess with your ego and it's really going to frustrate you when you just see another male movie superhero another male movie like these other actors are added to the mcu and you're like okay i just got to be patient and i gotta work hard and then you finally get your moment and then COVID happens and then you're put on the back burner i think it would have been really nice for any company and again this is asking them to be nice if they would have just given her extra side money, because we don't know how much money, you know, how much influence she pulled in being Black Widow, bringing it to uh, Disney Plus. Like Jeremy said, they put thirty dollars on top of it, so they're making money one way or another. You know, it, it's sad. It's like when Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. was making so much money, he had so much weight to pull around. He actually got his other actors paid more for their parts and what they did. You know, we could we could talk about it like, oh, we feel bad for the billionaires and millionaires and it's like first world problems. But I could at least be sympathetic for her situation. She's waited like 15, 16 years to get her moment. And it's just crapped all over based on world circumstance. And you could tell her to be tough about it, but it's... You know, I think it's within her right to be really upset about it and feel screwed over. Well, I, I, I counter with that was, remember, Gal Gadot got money because her stuff got released on HBO, too. Remember her? When they cut her a side deal saying, well, yeah, you're right. 
She didn't have to sue. She they basically like gave her. I think they gave her like twenty million on on top of that. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much she got, but I do know that uh, that she was compensated for that. Uh, yeah. So multi-platform they, release. Yeah. So they could have. I mean, Disney could have taken a different ilk on this whole situation. You know, uh, like the Gal Gadot thing. But is it a question of ego? Like, hey, you know, Wonder Woman versus Black Widow versus you know. You know, Scarlett Joe's been in the game for quite a while, and you know, Disney doesn't like to pay. So, and but then remember, Scarlett Joe isn't a box office sensation. Like she didn't, she didn't rock anybody's world with her with this movie. I mean, it was not, I, I haven't even seen it, but I can I mean, imagine I'm not that impressed. I mean, that being said, she is like the highest paid actress in Hollywood. I think exactly. So, like, and so, in terms of like female, like you know, female actors, she's the she's the one that mostly puts butts in seats. Yes. So, I do think that she's like definitely earned some weight to throw around, <laughs> like a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. I guess you, you sit back. Well, you know, it's like a football player, right? You know, like well, you know, that player deserves. He's a quarterback, and he's he's like quarterbacks, right? They always get the big contracts. Like, well, you know, this quarterback is getting this money. I want the same amount of money. Well, sweetie, you're not putting ass in seats as many as Gal Gadot was in their in their movie. So you have to like put it in perspective, right? So not yeah, to say that Charlie Joe isn't a great a great actress. She does put seats in the seats. But she's not the breakout sensation that Wonder Woman was. Oh. Yeah, but all right. So it, to say something real quick, though, every Marvel movie makes money. It yes. almost doesn't matter. Like, there's an SNL joke about how you can make a movie called Pam and it's going to make like a billion dollars because it's now attached to Marvel and Disney. I think that's the same thing with, uh, you know, Black Widow. If there wasn't a pandemic, the movie would have made really good money. Would it made as much money as the Avengers or uh, Captain Marvel? Who's to say? Captain Marvel, I think, really made a lot of money because it was the movie before the Avengers. I think that was yeah. more luck than anything because that movie was very lackluster as yes, well. It was. You know, if uh, if we told the world that you know here here is Black Widow, it's the last movie before Affinity Wars or whatever, then it's going to make a billion dollars because everyone has to see it before Affinity Wars. You know. And so I really think she's been screwed over. And Byron, you brought up a really good point is that the mouse Disney does not like to pay its players. And I, I think that's really messed up. And I don't think we just need one Scarlett Johansson bringing that, that to everyone's attention. I think we need like five to 10 more people doing the same thing. And it's tough for anybody in any industry to be able to have the balls to really stand up and say, hey, this isn't right. You know, one thing I haven't liked about Disney for years is the fact they have movies that are 30, 40, and 50 years old that when you go to Walmart, Target, anywhere to buy movies, they're still selling them for 30 bucks. Whereas I could buy The Dark Knight and a bunch of other great Blu-rays and stuff for $5 in like the little $5 bins. You know, movies that sometimes are only four years old, five years old. You know, so Disney makes hand over fist. They have a lot of diehard, dedicated fans like a religion. They get people that are spending so much money on their toys, their products, their movies. They have money out the nose and then some. I, I think it's a massive amount of greed. I hope in the future we get more Scarlett Johansson. Is she stepping over her lines a little bit? Is she not factoring in the, the pandemic and stuff? Maybe sure a little bit. But I'm also sure that she has some good enough lawyers that work with her, work with Disney, and they're talking to each other. And they're looking at their own projections a year later into the pandemic of, what would be fair compensation. And she probably heard the news across the street that WB gave a sweet little deal for Gal Gadot. Yes, it's a different company, but it's kind of like when you sell a house, you're looking at the market around you of like, what is everyone else selling a house for? And so, 
yeah, when she just sees a few months ago that Gal Gadot on HBO got a, a sweet little deal, a, a nice little like good faith gesture, you would hope that Disney, who's crapping out like 50 of these movies a year, would do something similar because they're definitely not hurting for money in any way. And this would be a very good faith gesture. I'm really on her side to some extent and anybody else that feels the same way who just cannot step up and say anything. I mean, I mean, honestly, it's just the argument of what, of like, even though it's, you know, it, it's again, like you said, millionaire versus billionaire, it's about what's right, right? You know, like at least, and I think, you know, millionaires are the ones that can afford to stand up to billionaires at least, <laughs> because it's obviously not the average, you know, like, you know, PA or, you know, assist, you know, like, you know, or like, you know, like assistant director or whatever, like it's got, you know, it's gotta be the people that can act, you know, can actually afford to. So. Again, if they had paid her off, like Russell said, you know, the same as Gal Gadot, I mean, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation, but they did not want to do that. And Lord knows they can afford it. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, It just becomes a question of then this whole element of online versus, you know, in theaters, the pandemic is, I call it the great accelerator, accelerating what I think was already happening in the industry. People don't want to go sit their asses in movies. I, I mean, just don't. I mean, in generally, I th- I don't think so. I mean, if you're on a date, if you're meeting a girl, if you're meeting somebody, you want to take them out to a movie, absolutely, knock yourself out. But I, dude, I have a home theater system in my house. A lot of Americans already do. They're happy with what they see. The the Great Accelerator, COVID nineteen, made people stay at home. Why not just say, you know what, theaters, see you later. We're gonna we're gonna pay the thirty dollars, twenty dollars, ten dollars. We're gonna watch it in our homes. And why can't that be okay? I mean, I would say that, but but there are a lot of like single people out there where that <laughs> where that money doesn't really like thirty bucks for one movie for one person and one you know I'm like I'm I could walk on the street and go watch the movie for ten bucks or I could pay thirty. I mean, if I had a family, no, that's not true. Back. That's, that's the truth. Because average movie now is like seventeen bucks. You got like <laughs> the, the beautiful sound and everything, the the sheet the where it rocks your butt now and all these super features you got. The, I mean, the average yeah, movie is like eighteen to twenty bucks. Uh, I feel like I've, I, I, like the most I've ever paid is like twelve dollars for a movie. Like, Dude, you're watching matinees, baby, because I was just at the theater. I think like, uh, what did I go see? It was like seventeen. Average tickets are like seventeen bucks now, dude. At least in California. No, 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 no. I mean, you're you're talking like San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, <laughs> me me and Jeremy would do five dollar Tuesdays all yep. the time. And uh, another counter to your point, Byron, you're 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 a grown ass man. You're not a 17-year-old. You're not a 16-year-old who only has 30 bucks every two weeks or something. And he, you know, he meets a girl at school and he's going to take it. Or you just have a bunch of buddies where the newest Avengers came out and then you saw it on the big screen and you just you had a blast with your buddies. So um, Netflix and chill I mean, doesn't really qualify. Like- I mean, you could do Netflix and chill. I say, why not live in a world where you have both? Just like with video games, I like the option of having physical disc, which is where I land. I personally prefer a physical disc versus digital, but I like that I live in a world that we have both, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my thinking, why would we want to take out more businesses, which is only going to negatively affect the economy collectively and take out more businesses that we have to drive by? Look at all these businesses. And I got to point out to my kids, oh, that's a thing that used to be called a uh, you know, a movie theater. Now it's like a mega church or something, you know, if someone buys it at all. I, I would rather live in a world where we have both. First of all, the home experience, I think it's ridiculous to charge $30. I think it should be like $15 at most or like $10. It should be really a drop off. Like if you want to see the movie right when it comes out online, you pay like 15 to 20 and then it goes down $5 every week after that. 
And then in theaters, I think the theaters, to your point, Byron, I think are really expensive. I think most theaters should not be more than like eight bucks. And then I think the concession stands should also be a lot cheaper too with their snacks and everything. The reason tickets are so expensive is because blockbusters are made for $300 and $400 million, and they spend so much on advertising all the time. And so it's it's just a bad business model, I think. In theater, like if you go in person, it should be cheaper, and then you should pay a little bit more for the convenience at home. But, you know, I, I just I feel like the tickets have been pretty yeah, high and everything for a while. I think on the other side of the point is – you, you, you get in your car, you pay for gas, you get in a comfortable seat, you sit next to motherfuckers who's probably coughing their lungs up because they probably have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to, you know, you get to you probably buy the overpriced popcorn and the kids always with the popcorn and overpriced. And then you come home, you're like, okay, I could have did this at home and, and buy my own thing. And, and then too, it's a dinosaur, man. It's a your 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 hope, just like in the digital thing versus By, uh, Byron. Thing Byron, real quick. Hey, Byron, you ever been to a live football game or a live basketball yeah, game yeah, or a live nice, yeah, uh, baseball game last week? Baseball, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could do all of those things and watch them on TV and have beer at home and have your nachos and hot dogs and everything at home. There's something different when you do it in person. Just as much as I, I feel like the the live experience for all of those events is better, and then you have to deal with driving, and then you have to deal with that traffic leaving and all that stuff. You go take your kid to a baseball game, like their first experience at 10 years old, they're going to remember that for life because I remember those same experiences with my parents. I remember going to the theaters with my mom and dad and my siblings, and we were talking about whether it was a good movie or a bad movie and watching the previews together and not ever buying like the popcorn in the theaters. We're always sneaking in food. All of that experience is just so fun. And I have all those memories on top of that. I do everything at home. I game at home. I hang out with my buddies at home. Life is meant to be lived. And we're always encouraged to go out and live the life and be out in the world. One of my favorite experience I had at a movie theater, the one that's locked in as my favorite experience of the last like five, 10 years was when me and Jeremy watched the movie get out. And half the audience was white. The other half was black. And the reactions on everything was the best. I wish I could live that moment a thousand times over, you know. So, yeah, you could have fun doing it at home if that's what you want. But I had so many locked in memories of going to the theaters. And I hope my boys and my, you know, and other friends could enjoy that continuously. Do they have to change up their model based on the world we live in? Absolutely. I really think they got to change their price structure and blockbusters have got to become cheaper to not make it so outrageous on these prices. But to get rid of that experience, I think that doesn't make the world better. I think it makes it worse. So you're saying the collective experience is what makes it worth having. 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah, and I kind of, yeah, and I'm kind of with Russell on this on the whole, like, going to the movies is one of the few, like, outside of going to the movies and going to a baseball game, like, like those are like the, like, you know, like, some of the few last bastions of just going out and, you know, we're, you know, like everyone's putting their politics aside, everyone's putting their bullshit aside, we're just going out to have a good time, you know, singularly enjoy or hate a movie. <laughs> and, and there's a kind of community thing to that that I feel like will definitely like take a huge hit, which already took a huge hit with COVID where everybody just kind of stayed inside. You know, even though you didn't know anybody, brought everybody together. And, you know, if you're watching a great comedy, there's nothing better than, like, laughing with an audience and, like, seeing people's reactions. Like, again, that's why we kind of, weirdly enough, you know, in the past, like, you know, four or five years, like, you know, like the the ascension of, like, reaction videos, right? Where, like, people still want to kind of experience other people's first time seeing something. 
and so it's kind of been channeled through that now. Interesting. And, 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 and on top of that, going to a live experience is it's the best version of the water cooler experience. Imagine the first time people saw Star Wars when it was a brand new adventure. The thir- first time people saw Harry Potter. The first time we saw The Dark Knight. All of these memories. And guess what? When we go to a theater, like a live performance or like to a movie theater, we're not looking at our phones. And like we have to like hold in, go into the bathroom. We have to do all of these things. And then when we leave the theater, we're just laughing, having a good time. We're talking about our favorite moments of the movies. We're doing all that stuff. We're spending 20 minutes before we drive away or get picked up of like what we thought about the movie versus when I hang out with my buddies at home and I watch a movie with them, sometimes it's we finish the movie and they just walk out and it's like, all right, see you, you know, talk to you later. But like I said, when you go to a baseball game or when you go to the theater, you have that experience where you're interacting with your friends and sometimes you get great moments with strangers and you just have moments. When we watched the, uh, a couple of years ago, Jeremy and I, again, we watched the movie, uh, the, like the Batman, the killing joke. And there was a joke with, there was a moment with Barbara was like, was like trying to be coy, like that she's sleeping with Batman and she's telling a buddy about it. And she's like, oh, I refer it to yoga. You know, like she was like covering up sex with by calling it yoga. In the moment she started stripping and everything, I was like, that's some good yoga. And the entire room just freaking laughed their asses off. Like I was a comic for that five seconds and everyone was dying in that theater. And I, I had that moment, you know. I'm not trying to shoot down your thunder, but you notice that you guys are always talking about these nostalgic moments, this nostalgic bliss. Kids today don't understand that. They just and they don't. need they, it. They honestly yeah. need it. Like anything in society, people adapt and they find the ways to get other things that they need. So yeah, they they, they definitely know, do. But it's yeah, the same so, thing. Like we take our kids to amusement parks. We take them to the regular parks. We take them to collective experiences with stra- stra- strangers. And I think that same thing is what you get from a, a movie theater. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't see it as something I'd really mind if it went missing. I just don't. I, like you can say, boot, like football games, baseball games. I mean, that there, there is a collective conscious. Like I am rearing for my team. We're dressed up. Tribalism, right? There's a tribalism to it. Movie theaters, eh, not for at least. Well, for here's, me, here's a question, Byron. When when you were a young man, like you were like 15 to 20, yeah. did you go to the movie theaters a lot? Absolutely. Okay. I'm so surprised. Yeah, I, I went like the same here. I went like all the time. It's yeah. as I've gotten older, I've gone a lot less, but I still have those sweet memories and I loved it. I loved it then and I loved it now. Yeah. I had my same complaints then as I do now about the, the pricing structure and everything, but there's a funness with taking a girl out there, taking your buddies out there, watching a good movie, watching a terrible movie, feeling like you wasted 10 bucks on a movie or feeling like you had the best experience watching a movie for 10 bucks or doing $5 Tuesdays where you'll take a risk on any movie, whether it's good or bad. Or sometimes you go out and watch a terrible movie, movie totally gonna knowing it's going to be terrible. And then you ruin other people's experiences based on your laughing at the most inappropriate yeah. moments throughout the entire movie. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying get rid of all movie theaters. They just need to be scaled back to quite a bit. Like at least like and you've talked about the point is that they need to be able to provide other things. Like we have a movie theater now where you can have your beer and your drink, and it's a very much oh, a yeah. home experience. That Alamo Draft House. Alamo Draft I, House, right? Yeah, no, so if I, you have yeah. more of those and less of the corporatized system that we have now, not that Alamo Draft is a franchise, but I think it's 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 too big. They're trying to do too much. And you brought that point too. You're like, well, maybe they could change it up. I think they need to be scaled back. If you had to cut back on, if I could right now, 
I'd cut back movie theaters to 50% right now and then open up a few Alamo draft houses and have let people have drinks and beers and treat it. It's like Netflix and just like you got a first date, you got the best of both worlds. You have the Netflix and chill and you still keep a movie theater experience. Yeah, but right I, now the movie theaters are too bloated, too big and too much of a waste of space. No, I, I agree with you. There, uh, there are several places where a movie theater will be like five attractions in one where they'll have a mini golf course, sometimes a little bowling alley. And instead of like 18 theaters in one theater, like 18 different like shows, we should cut that back down to like seven or eight or something. And you pick the best hits of the movies because every movie that makes money makes it within its first month. And so, yeah, you should go in a theater, uh, a movie theater, and you should see like maybe a bar with some food and pretzels and everything. And then there's a movie theater and then there's like a laser tag or something. And then there should be little discounts like, oh, I bought a movie ticket here today. And then I got a, a coupon that says I can go laser tag five dollars off, like, but I have to do it next week or something. That's the kind of something like that, I think, is like where movie theaters should be heading. If they remain the same right now. They'll be as dead as Blockbuster within a few years because um, I do think home theaters and everything will win. And then I think HBO and you know Disney and stuff will stop trying to go after that extra $30. They'll put it at like $10 or something, and then like a month or two later, they'll just put it in their regular streaming. Or they'll do the thing like with Space Jam or Justice League where they'll do it for a few weeks into – HBO and then they'll put it back in theater like they they'll bounce back and forth a little bit like you have a limited time frame I definitely think the structure has to be changed given the history of a lot of companies who have gone under whether it's photography or whether it's like blockbuster or anything there's a lot of these companies that when the internet and things were changing the game and streaming came around a lot of these companies had enough flex and money to buy out Redbox and Netflix before they got big and they chose not to because they didn't adapt to the future movie theaters absolutely have to adapt to the future otherwise I agree with you Byron they're going to be dead I just hope they figure it out before it's too late I have to repeat that I it kind of feels weird because like you know back in 19 you know like you know in 70 what was it 79 or 77 when Spielberg dropped Jaws but like that was the birth of the blockbuster and like how like you know the blockbuster can kind of only be like you know quote unquote good investment for a company to you know, invest money in if like theaters are there and the people are there to see it but you know like you said you know cutting theaters down to 50 you know to 50 percent of what they used to be those big blockbusters may just kind of go the way of the dinosaurs and i'm not saying that i need you know to see a transformer movie like every weekend but i do like to see you know Shit blow up good on the big screen. Let me slow you down. You can have blockbuster movies and they can still stream from home. The reason why they're $30 right now is because there's not enough people in the actual pool that are watching enough for it to be profitable. But eventually, if you had everybody on Disney Plus, everybody on you know uh, HBO Max, everybody, then you can still have blockbusters and still make a butt ton of money. What they would do is just raise their monthlies. They'd be like, well, okay. Here's a subscription. You could get like a gold, silver thing package saying, well, okay, if you want to watch it when it first comes out, you pay $30 a month. If you pay, there are scalable ways of making money in the online streaming platform. So it's not like you can't have a blockbuster movie and it's streamed completely and still make a, a butt ton of money. It's just how you're going to, it's just how you're going to phase it in. Right. And I think that's where this, this is kind of the, the, the inflection point, right? When will the, the big companies say, you know what? We're going to move away from theaters completely. We're going to starve them out. 
No different than when we talked about uh, moving off from digital, from uh, plastic to digital forms of media. This is no different. You can still have a blockbuster movie and make a ton of money. So I, I don't think those are dissynchronous. I think they, they it's just the fact of no company has stepped forward at yet, and they will. They're, they're, I can see it. Disney's already, and all these other companies are already looking at it like, well, will you pay $30 on top of your subscription? People are paying it. Well, how about we do this? Eventually, they're going to realize we can just cut out these theaters completely. Remember how the theaters, when they first got cut off, they started a lawsuit and saying, well, well, we won't show your movies in our theaters, and you know how dare you try to you know mess up our business model? Dude, they already, it's already in the works. I mean, it's already there, in my opinion. Maybe I'm seeing it the wrong way, but can't you have a blockbuster movie that streams completely online and still make a shit ton of money? I don't. I mean, here's the thing. I guess we haven't had one fully, like a full blockbuster movie. Because you remember, like during COVID, like sure they were releasing movies, but like the but like they've de- but they didn't release like a like like what we can could, could consider a blockbuster until probably what December maybe. And even then, it was like half on you know HBO Max and half on you know, like, and half in, like, drive-in movie theater. So, like, you know, we haven't really had a full test of, like, them just dropping, like, a Marvel film or any, you know, any $200 million movie on just on just a platform by itself. I think the, like, I think the most expensive thing I've seen was what, like, that movie Bright on Netflix, where it was, like, I guess it was, like, $90 million, I guess. Yeah, that was before the pandemic. Yeah, and that was before, but 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 again, you know, like I I don't think we've had that two hundred million dollar you know blockbuster just dropped completely on just a streaming platform mm-hmm. to see if it is, you know, if it's gonna. Is there, I think the question is because is there enough saturation in the market that can handle that, right? Is there enough subscribers to online, right, to say okay, yeah. you guys are paying this monthly already, and then you're already willing to pay thirty. What if we up the fees? And then if there's enough saturation, like, I mean, it's crazy. Like everyone talking about cutting the cord and now the cord is like, I want my money. They're just finding new ways to get your money. But I guess my question is when there'll be an inflection point where there's enough saturation in the market that it's better, it, it, it motivates the companies to move away from the theaters, right? It's gotta be there because that's where we're headed, right? I mean, you guys, I love nostalgia. I love like theaters, but they're gonna have to spend for themselves because eventually, they don't want to have to pay distribution costs and pay it to the to the movie theaters. It, it, it makes it easier for them to say, I have a digital thing. I'm not having to make reams of uh, uh, film on digital things, send it out to distributors, and then they take their cut versus just going right to me directly, right? So, I mean, it's just like the, it's just like Sony with the PlayStation and, and the Xbox. Eventually, the middleman is going to get crushed, and rightfully so. I mean, it's just the way that, I mean, it's the way the world works, and I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, that's the point is when will saturation get enough where it's going to be, they're going to turn their heads away from live movie theaters. Now being, now Byron, being that like, you know, your kids and Russell, your kids are like, you know, not a real age to really watch these Marvel films yet. Are you guys just are like, are you guys willing to shell out that $30 or are you willing to just wait for when those, you know, for when the ones you want to see anyway, like come out? What do you mean, like the mean like the thirty dollars for a Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have yeah. no interest in paying that whatsoever. Yeah, well, not for the Scarlett Johansson, but like for like you know, like like let's say. Oh yeah, they like got Shang me. They got me on the cruise. Or like you know, oh, like yeah. something you're interested in. But yeah, they got me on the thirty bucks a piece. Yeah, they got me on the cruise. It wasn't thirty dollars. It was like if you want to get it for streaming, it came out streaming before it came. I think it just went straight to streaming. And if you wanted to pre-order, like you wanted to get it before everybody else, like Cruise too, that was it. They, my kids were screaming about Crudes 2, Crudes 2. You're like, what the heck? And it hasn't even dropped yet, but it was like, 
you can pre, you can early early access. You get early access it for like twenty bucks. Yeah, you, you best leave them. My kids got me paying it. So yeah, but it was it was one of those things where like, and you still have to pay for it after the. So it was like the rental versus the purchase versus a just wait till it comes out on the streaming platform. So, 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 kind of, so, so yeah. you kind of paid for an early screening of it, basically. Basically, yeah, yeah. So That's, it's already starting. It's already. I starting. mean, I, I, and and again, I think this. I think it works well, like you know, like like you're saying now. For the kids, for when you have a family, you know what I mean. For when you know it's way more, it's super expensive to go out, and yeah. you know the kids want it now, and it's and, and if you can just get it now, you, you know you're just like fine. Here it is, you know what I mean. Exactly, especially during the pandemic where you couldn't leave. I remember my wife. I think I forgot what movie was, but basically she was like, it was like you could buy it or you could rent it like ten days later. She didn't want to wait the ten days. She was like, the kids are crazy. They've been in the house all day. The pandemic here, take it. <laughs> you know, like, like just my give me a minute of peace. You know, so it, 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 I guess it's, it's reflective of the society that we have and the fact that, like, kids, they want instant gratification. We're stuck in the middle of a pandemic, which is possibly back on the rise. If you have the if you have the financial means, then, yeah. So eventually you're going to have this. I guess you're going to have this stratification of, of people like we're already having already. You have stratification of income gaps and stuff like that, where you're going to have the kids who want to go to the movie theaters and try to find it at a lower price. And then you're going to have the people who can afford it from home and just say, here, here, take the extra $10 and have a good day. So it is based on economics too, which I think we need to be more reflective of too. I think you're a good point on that, Jeremy, about the whole money thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I mean, it's again, you know, I, and I, I get, I get that our new generation is very much, you know, they watch game of Thrones on their phones and stuff. So I, I mean, it's, you know, and my wife also just does not care whether it's on the big screen. I mean, like, you know, like she'd watch Avengers Endgame on her phone, if, you know, if she wanted to, like, she does not care about the big screen experience. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get that that's becoming a, um, I, I get that everybody saw, you know, everybody went to the movies because it was the only way. Mm-hmm. And now that they have the option, I'm just like, well, I guess, you know, and I guess it also feels like an, it feels like any introvert's dream to not have to go out with a bunch of people to watch anything. They're just like, well, I can watch everything from home and not have to be around people. And the thing is, I love people. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I kind of, and, and, and so like, I, I just feel like a communal loss. And, you yeah. know, and, and, and like, and pretty soon we'll just, I feel like at, at, after this point, we'll just have sports. And I feel like, you know, what you're talking about, it's inevitable. I mean, it feels like the media are gonna, like coming for the dinosaurs, like it's gonna hit us. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting there just like, man, but it really was nice though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree with you. The good old days. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally feel you, man. No, you're right. There's something to be said about the communal experience, and I think it's one of those things where money's gonna top that, and then society's gonna have to adapt. I mean, we're just gonna have to find other ways of being communal. You know, like they're already doing the uh, what is it called? The stream parties, and people are getting alcohol rates are going up because people are at home drinking and doing stream parties. I got so, a beer. Um, I got a beer right now. <laughs> exactly. So it, people will adapt, right? Like anything, they'll adapt to the change, and it'll never be like it was before. And maybe that's okay, right? It's you I, know, and it, that's I, something we just have to I be would, willing to look at. I mean, I would say, I, I mean, because you say the word adapt, and I feel like the word adapt could be a double edged sword, right? Because you know, like we adapt to certain vibe we don't always adapt to thrive you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like that whole can the, the whole staying inside can become so like the way of life that now you know asking asking someone to just go to like a kid's baseball game to, with a bunch of people is now like terrifying even though there's no reason to be like at some point when it when it's fully safe to go out thing you know exactly you know my wife called the pan i have a pandemic baby my yeah. uh my three-year-old has been spent more time indoors because of the pandemic than she has been outdoors. And she has been having, and we're, we're on tangents here for a little bit, but 
my point is that, you know, the pandemic has had a weird influence on human behavior yeah. at minimum, right? Because my little three-year-old, like, you know, she literally, like, we went to a party and she's just like, oh my God, there's so many people. There's so many people I, I've never seen. And she just didn't know how to like ina- interact because she had never seen that many people in her life and she's three. So yeah, anxiety. Of yeah. So it, it, it's one of those things where like, and she's adapting now that we've taken her and we're taking her out more birthday party. Like, she's adapting, but that's what I'm saying. Like anything, human beings are highly adaptable. We'll change, we'll grow, we'll get better, but we'll survive. But I think like when it comes to movie theaters, it's like one of those things where like, Russell made a great point. The business model doesn't work. And unless you find a better business model, then I think it should go the way of the dodo. I think it should move on because you have to make space for something that's coming and that may be new and better. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, like that is the way of evolution. You know, you're like, you know, whatever can survive, survive, and whatever doesn't, well, bye. What what do you think, Russell? I think water finds its level. And just like how we have sports bars where everyone's watching the baseball game, the basketball game on different nights and people are eating and socializing and screaming at the screens for their teams and all. I think, you know, we might see sports bars do that where like boxing, instead of paying the $60 fee to, you know, get the the, the big boxing fight, you, you, everyone pays $10 to go to the bar and have that communal experience. I think in the future, if theaters go away, we may see sports bars put on the Avengers Affinity War one and two or, you know, part one and two and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think people will be creative and bring it back. There's some people that are doing retro things with like Blockbuster. There's like that, the last Blockbuster place is like an Airbnb experience where you can like watch mm-hmm. any movie you want. And then they just give you the popcorn that says Blockbuster and it has that nostalgia feel. I think people will find a way to keep to, to get that experience you know mm-hmm. they'll 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 go to somebody you know some kids out in the country will put on a big screen they'll put on like a big sheet they'll do a projection and that'll be like the coolest experience ever for a lot of people and they're like yeah you know 20 years ago this is what movie theaters were or something you know um so i think there will be a way that someone will come up with the right way. It might die first, and then somebody will find a way to bring it back in a proper form and way. So, you know, I it's an experience I think it's worth having, just like live theater is something that's worth having and everything. And every every business has had to adapt. And I think with the entertainment business, they will find a way to adapt. And I think it'll be in their best interest. And I think they'll they'll double dip with their money. They'll come up with a way to do, I think the whole $30 to go see Mulan or any of the Star Wars movies or anything, that's not going to be a thing. I think the whole $30 thing by the numbers will not be what they do. What I think they'll do is they'll be like, we'll do $15 for two to three weeks to go watch the new Mulan. That'll be the price. It's not going to be $30. It's going to be $15. And then it'll be like $8 to go see it live in theater. And so as a consumer, whether you have Disney Plus or Netflix or whatever or HBO, you will decide, hey, I'll pay 8 bucks to go see it on a big screen somewhere, whether the buildings have to be smaller. And again, we're not going to have 18 movies going on at once. It's going to go down to like 7 or 8, you know, and and it, it may be smaller buildings and everything else and lim- more limited seats seating and all that stuff and the chairs can be better the food could be better someone's gonna find the right model for it so and whatever shape and form that looks like it could be exciting you know 
it could be um, a revamp of what's there currently, and they'll find the, the right model for it. I've seen people at movie theaters where they do gaming contests, where instead of going to see a movie, you pay 10 bucks and you, you're in a contest to play games, and then the winner gets a portion of the money that was put in, you know? Yeah, yeah, tournaments. So, yeah, no, I think, I think there's a lot of options, and I think we need to just, you know, is it going to go completely dead? Absolutely not, but it's going to have to morph. It's going to have to change. It's going to have to improve. It's going to have to be more efficient. Um, yeah, when you and, when you include streaming and everything, you gotta find a way to do it. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, who knows? Hey, who knows? Movies, just like how live theater has intermission, so people can stretch their legs and go to the bathroom. Imagine a world in the future where they're like, "All right, this is a two-hour movie. Here's your one five minutes. Go refill on your popcorn and go to the bathroom." Yeah, no, there, there's a, no, there's a there's an app, and I remember they had it. It was like the it was called the P app or something, where basically they they have someone watch the movie. And they tell you, okay, at this time, it was a good time to go pee because there was nothing going on in that scene. It was an app. It was it was like during the like. Oh, that's like, hilarious. Yeah, no. It started, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah, no, it really was. And I remember they brought up, and it was like, it was getting venture funding, venture funding and stuff like that. I don't think it did anything, but they were just trying to get venture funding. But yeah, they would literally watch a whole movie of like, this is a good time to go pee. Like at 13.45 at movie blah, 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 then you can go and get up for like 10 minutes and then you, have, you won't miss anything in the plot. It's like, it's like yeah. ain't shit happening right now in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the name of the app, but that tells you how like a data back in the old, uh, before the dot-com bus basically, but yeah. But uh, yeah, no, this has been a great, uh, great discussion. Um, I hope Scarlett Jensen gets her little money and, you know, fights the big fight. You go ahead there, little girl. You get that money. Take on uh, the mouse. <laughs> that's right. And, and the mouse does, you know, the mouse, she'll never do another uh, Avengers movie again. Well, they're trying I mean, to <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair, they already killed her. So I feel like she's like, well, so? You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, you already killed me. Good <laughs> <laughs> <Your> point. <laughs> on my way out, I'm about to get paid. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I think uh, Scarlett Joe, you go make your money, boo. Um, and uh, no, this is a great, this is a great talk. Um, so this is our first recording, guys, of all three of us together. It's like Voltron, we're all flowing together, and hopefully we'll get to do this again. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Alrighty, well, thank you for joining us at First Glance. You can reach us on iTunes and on Podbean and on Facebook. And I want to thank Byron Chip and. Russell Andrade. Andrade.